You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since having nightmares after reading Goosebumps. Now dad's reliving the Disney movies we grew up on with our own kids. I'm Eddie Ferguson. And I'm J.B. Wagner. And on today's episode, we honor those men who did what was considered wrong in order to do what they knew was right. As we review National Treasure. But first, Eddie, what's going on? What's going on with you and the family? How you guys doing? We, um... Well, we had some people over uh, this past Thursday night, and they asked for some for for some uh, napkins at dinner. And we said, "Oh, hold on!" And we we keep our napkins like guarded up on an upper shelf and everything. And they were like, <laughs> "That's really odd. Like, why why do you have to do that?" And we were like, "Well, because our daughter." loves to express herself via napkins like decorate the house with hundreds what? of napkins everywhere if she can get a hold of them or what happened was thursday one of our lovely guests left some napkins i'm talking just kind of your you know one time use paper napkins uh they left some out unbeknownst to us and the next morning we come out and eileen has constructed uh, quite wonderfully. I was like, wow, this is really creative. But a dress out oh, of wow. dozens of napkins that um, we forgot or were left out. Um, so, yes, that was uh, just another reminder of how children are, yes, creating, but also destroying while creating. Does she color? Times. Does she color the napkins while she's doing it? as well or like what's what's her technique no 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 she leaves coloring to the walls the 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 windows the the floors our chairs at times my bible yeah um that that's what she prefers to color um your bible no, she just constructs straight out of napkins <laughs> any book she can get a hand get a hand yes. on anything she can get her hands on we aren't quite to that. Uh, I did have my daughter walked in and she had, we have a animatronic little uh, baby Yoda doll and she had given baby Yoda a makeover with uh, pins in, in its hair and barrettes all throughout its ears. It was very beautiful. It was a very beautiful Grogu. And at first I was like, well, he, would, he wouldn't, wait, we don't know if it's a he or a she or a what. It's just an it, like it. I don't know. I don't know what the pronouns are for it, but that's that's where I found myself the other day. Wow. Now she colors her brother. We walk in <laughs> and there's Asa. Which one? Asa. Oh, Asa. Yeah. Asa. Yeah. Green or blue or red or or what other whatever color of choice. And and what she's typically really good at is picking one color and then just going to town on him with that one color. She can't be held so. back by a canvas. She's got to have multiple canvases no. to put her creativity Living up. art. Living art. Oh, uh, but enough about me. We have a lot of different Disney news to get to. Um, the first, I think, is one that we just kind of have to lay our heads down low and, and realize this... Uh, it was slim pickings if it was ever going to happen for us in the first place, but it is now definitely not going to happen. 
and that is the closure of Star Wars, the Galactic Star Cruiser. It is shutting down, uh, ironically, the very last day of Disney's fiscal year, September 30th. I think they're timing that. That's why um, they did that. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So they can write it all off on this this year and then just next year. Look, wow, miraculously, uh, we're, you know, we're in the black. This is great. But so n- I don't think anybody I don't think anybody's surprised that it eventually came to this. I think everybody's just surprised that it came so quickly. It has yes. barely been open 18 months. I Actually, I think my wife took it harder than I did. I was like, oh, wow, that happened. So I sent it to her. And then she was actually a little bit distraught. I think she had a piece of her heart tied up in eventually us going on it someday, maybe in five Mm -hmm. years, seven years, something like that. Uh, But there was so many great videos out there, people who had an amazing, like world-class experience on this very niche thing. That also was something we would we were interested in, and we joked about going on it, like you and I going for the for the for content mm-hmm. for the show, and for the she, show. Of she course. actually thought she was going to be going on it, and was very distraught when it was like, now it's out of the game, now it's not never going to happen. And I was like, wow, like she actually thought it was thought it was real, and it sound, um, but yeah, yeah, we had talked about going for my nephew. Um, like in a couple of years, like when he turns 16 or 18 or something like that, like we were going to make it a really big um, kind of milestone trip. Um, so we were, you know, we had a couple of things, you know, looking forward to all of that. What is surprising is that the Star Cruiser has some of, if not the highest customer ratings of anything at Walt Disney World. Hmm. Like th- those who actually go on it think it's the greatest thing Disney has ever done, period, you know, stop. Um, but they just couldn't get enough people to actually go take it. It was to, so to freaking dr- expensive. <laughs> you think that is two, $2,500 a night? Like you just like, I I am reluctant to pay like $250 a yeah, night Yeah, you go camping when right. you go. You're legit camping, which is crazy I, town, <laughs> with kids. So, so $2,500 a night? Yeah. Ooh, you know, that's got to be uh, just stellar, you know, over the top incredible. Yeah. So long. So, so it, long, Galactic it, Cruiser. It's done. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who are like, oh, maybe they'll turn it into this or do that. Um, yeah, it's going to sit empty for a couple of years. Like for, I mean, it cost them almost half a billion dollars to make that thing. (laughs) Okay. So when you're planning to depreciate that thing on the books for a good 30 years and you got to swallow it in 18 months, like you're just going to let it sit. You're not doing anything with that for a long time. You're going to take a good, hard think before you touch that thing again. So, so long. So, farewell. Avita saying goodbye. Also, speaking of Avita saying goodbye, Eddie, there's a lot of content leaving Disney Plus, just like we've heard about. Uh, with we talked about this, I think even last week, maybe the week before, but we actually got some news about what that could be, like what's actually on that list, the chopping block. Yeah, I was shocked. They are chopping 
like stuff they launched Disney Plus with. Like that's original probably the easiest stuff to cut. <laughs> that's probably because it's the easiest. Well, and it also makes me wonder, like, is it some of the most expensive stuff because it was um, it was uh, created with the intent of being on streaming? So it has kind of a stuff in those contracts and stuff that are yeah. a little more geared towards streaming. I, w- I would I imagine know. it's like they've got incentives, like every time it hits certain milestones, people get paid more because there's more people watching it, et cetera. Right. Um, yeah, that would, that makes sense to me, but you want to go through the list of the different things? Yeah. So first off Willow. Yes. If you remember, they made a TV series about the 1980s Lucasfilm. Um, yeah. Lucasfilm, um, movie called Willow. Uh, it got horrible, horrible ratings. Um, I, I honestly don't know anyone who actually sat down and Not watched me. any of it, let alone all of it. Um, so yeah, that's going bye bye immediately, um, and and it's only been out six months. Yeah, not even not, not, not very not, long. At not all. even not very long at all. I think it was out in November. Uh, the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Ooh. I think it's got like two or three seasons. Man. Um, I watched a couple of episodes. I was mildly interested. I thought it was like okay, this is a good way to launch. It's weird and wacky, just like Jeff. Right, right, but that's gone. Uh, the Mysterious Benedict Society, which was a big kind of uh, Disney Channel-esque show that they uh, really pushed really big. Um, I would say my favorite Disney Plus original movie, if you want to call it that, The One and Only Ivan with Brian Cranston. I really enjoyed that movie. I thought Never it was saw, really good. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, Let's <laughs> look it up while you're talking about it. it, it it's, it's actually a really good film. Like, I am was... I really enjoyed it. I was I was really glad for it. Um, like I said, probably one of my favorite Disney Plus original content. Uh, the documentary Wolfgang about Wolfgang Puck. Uh, Artemis Fowl, which is a huge book series. Um, the movie was directed by Kenneth Branagh. Like that's a heavyweight movie. That was that was a hard movie to watch. <laughs> but it was, <laughs> it was a horrible it movie. It was horrible. Um, Big Shot. The um, uh, the guy from Full House. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, uh, his name Uncle just, Jesse. Ah, his name's escaping me. Uh, listeners are screaming his name to me right now. But yeah, that's out. Disney Fairy Tale Weddings, which I've heard is like a huge hit on the on the on the service. Uh, but yeah, that's going by Encore by uh, Kristen Bell. Like that was another original like launch the uh, the whole platform with. Uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Eddie, it's that, gone. It is gone. It, it is gone. Oh, man. And a lot more. Like, I'm just scratching the surface. They are purging this thing. And a lot of it is new stuff. It's not back catalog. Because I think the back catalog stuff isn't costing them anything. Yeah. Because streaming wasn't around when those different contracts and stuff were created. It's this newer stuff that's just killing them and eating them alive. Um all of this is slated to drop off on May 26th. So if anything I said peaks your grain, it's it's gone. Uh, what is that Friday? Uh, so get get there. Watch it as soon as you possibly can. We're going to have to find a new favorite <laughs> podcast kid to really group around to really rally around this since we don't have our, our kid from mighty duck game Game changers Changers anymore man yeah i didn't watch anything past that first season and i probably shouldn't have even watched the full first season of that because it was exactly 
not great same, at all. Same, same thing. At all. But yeah, right this is, we've been talking about it. We've been kind of keeping you guys in the loop. And now we finally got some actual real world um, names and titles that are leaving. But I, there's nothing in here that's for me personally that I'm going to rush out to go to go watch before before the end of this week. The only thing um, that is leaving that Sarah and I are going to try and watch tonight or tomorrow night, they did a live recording of Harmonious, the old, um, this was another like huge Disney failure. They spent millions of dollars on a new nighttime show at Epcot that only ran for 18 months. Like usually nighttime shows, they run for forever, you know, like. Fantasmic has been running in Disneyland and Hollywood Studios for decades upon decades. Um, And we really liked it. We thought it was a really great show. Um, And they recorded it and they put it out there on Disney Plus. And we watched it and was like, oh, this is fantastic. They're taking that off. So we're like, okay, that's like that's the one thing we're going to go because we can't even go see it in the parks anymore. But yeah, Disney Plus, they are shaking this thing up. They are going to they are they want to make money. I mean, they have to they have to make money. Um, cause let's all remember, uh, they are sitting on over 40 billion, yes, billion with a B in debt from buying Fox. Uh, and that's just from buying Fox. I'm sure that there are other, uh, debt that they are carrying. And this is not a good time to be carrying debt as we, as we roll into these things. So yeah, they, they've got to shed weight and this is one of, one of many ways they are choosing to do that. Well, there's another weight that is happening that is uh, sitting on the backs of Disney right now as two films that are about to drop here in the next month or so. June. Um, very, in June, both the, both both the next June. two big Disney films coming in June, which is Indiana Jones 5, as well as Elemental. Both have really low expectations right now. And in fact... You're, you sent me something right before this that Indiana Jones already has a rotten rating. It's already already getting bad reviews. Yeah, so they, um, I think they were trying to copy a bit of Top Gun Maverick's game book, and they premiered this at the Canes Cons Film Festival. Never know how to pronounce that. Um, and tried to like make it about Harrison Ford as like this great movie star and everything like that, which he got a lot of attention. He got a lot yeah. of praise because he's Harrison Ford. Yep. Um, but with already 31 reviews off of uh, off of that, it is sitting at a rotten on Rotten Ooh. Tomato. Where's that? Like 38 percent, 50 percent, like just below. It's, the- it's like right at 50 percent. I think Ooh, it's like okay. just be- just below the mark. Um, so who knows? Um, but, uh, I mean, it's not going to help think, it. <laughs> they, they, it's they, not going to help it. <laughs> and I think your fan base is already holding their breath because let's be honest, Kathleen Kennedy has not had great success, um, with the nostalgia factor on some of these legacy franchises. Well, and the fact that we're getting a de-aged, uh, Harrison Ford already has some people going, what, how good is this what really going to be? I am I am ex- kind of keeping my expectations low, but I'm still going to go see it. It's still on my list of movies that I, I really want to go see this summer. Um, it's already got a packed summer. I was just talking about it with my wife before I came on here. Like, we're, I'm going to be seeing a lot of movies. I'm going to be broke this summer. Uh, yeah. But the fact that it's getting r- low ratings, I imagine that it's not going to 
it's not going to help its case when actually looking at the box office numbers. And speaking of box office numbers, Elemental, I sent this right before we got on here. They are, they are, they talk about setting the bar low. They are expecting Elemental to make around 28 to $39 million opening weekend, which is, I believe, the lowest for sure projection of yep. any Pixar movie um that's that that's happened any 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 of them that they've had uh it's lower than what um the uh, strange world strange world only made 11 million dollars its opening weekend which is unheard of but for pixar which mm-hmm. is usually the higher a little bit higher than 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 um even uh disney disney animated films are this is really low this is like onward at the beginning of the of the pandemic low um Last year's when their return to the box office with uh um can't why can I never remember their name the the movie that they released last year why am I why am I not why am I having such a hard time remembering it well anyways Pixar's movie last year made fifty one million oh light dollars Lightyear thank you thank you I was struggling with that like Lightyear that's mm. somewhere Lightyear made fifty one million dollars um so the fact that they're guessing twenty eight to thirty nine million. Is that for its opening weekend they, or for its entire run? So $51 million was Lightyear's opening entire, weekend. Oh, it's its opening weekend. Okay. Um, which was really bad for it, which is really bad yeah. for a Pixar film. This is that's These are super expensive films. And the fact that Elemental, they're guessing way lower even than that, maybe even 13 million lower than that. Or twenty three yeah, million it, lower. Oh, do they do they really think that that's how much it's going to make, or are they just setting the bar so low that when they beat it, they're you know, Eddie? This is why we need to we need to do a little bit of digging into how they figure out how they're projecting films to make because I know it has to do with the number of organic <sighs> like like mentions and word of mouth and social presence and uh, also kind of how much PR they're putting into it. Sometimes they can tell, Hey, they're just not putting very much money to back strange world. That's how they knew that was going to do bad last year. But so I would love for somebody to do a, like a similar to how they do those. Like this Mm -hmm. is how Netflix makes money. It's like a digital uh, um, animatic of like all the things Mm -hmm. I want to see how uh, people guess how much money it's going to make on the opening weekend. Well, and the reason why they guess is because it helps drive the stock price. I mean, stock is all about, it's a gamble. It's guessing what is this going to do or not do. So I can understand lowering expectations because they don't want to spook the stock price, which is already spooked considerably. Because if it's really low, but you come in above projections... Hey, Whoa. you get it's a little bit of extra elemental bit, beats yeah. expectations. A little yeah. cherry on top for a bad icing. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. don't know what the the thing is. No, and I I don't know. Have you heard anything what their expectations for the Little Mermaid is? I kind of avoided it because it, we're getting so close to it. It's coming out this weekend. I don't plan on rushing out to go see it, but I'm sure we will talk about it next week a little bit I, of not not the movie, but I, how yeah. it did. All I can say is I. We all know I'm not going to go see it. You've been avoiding everything. I do love the memes you sent. Send me, send me about it though. I'm just saying the, the my, so the the people that I'm around mostly what they talk about is the same problem that I had with Lion King, where I'm like, you're making these animals 
so realistic. It's you creepy. Are lo- yes, they're lifeless, dead in the eyes, yeah. and you lose all of that personality in yeah. relying it fully on the on the voice actors to do all the heavy lifting. Nothing visual. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. I may. You know, I might get bored over my my week long my ten day vacation around Fourth of July. I might I might kind of sneak out a little bit and go see it. But yeah, but by Fourth of July, you're gonna have a ton of other stuff to go see. Eddie, I'm watching all of it. I'm watching all of it. I got plenty of time. So. How was Fast Five? How was Fast Five? How was Fast Five Squared? I should say Fast Five Squared. <laughs> fast Ten. Is that, is that yes, right? yeah. yes, yes, yes. Eddie, 10. it's exactly everything that I want in a Fast 10 movie. And th- with the caveat that it, they didn't have to go all the way to freaking space this time good, good. for the for the film. So I think they kind of like, OK, let's lower the bar to make it a little bit better. But I haven't seen how it did or anything like that. But I I fully enjoyed every second of of being there. I should be looking that up while we're talking about about it but yeah this is uh man disney can't catch a break they're one kind of low expectation after another i i think they're okay with how guardian has been doing i haven't really caught up since then but it seems to be their one shining Guardians moment has but... had like one of the lowest <laughs> drop-offs oh no 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 like um oh it's good like like did I phrase that like, minimal yeah, like, minimal amount of minimal people. So it's getting good, good word of mouth. Maybe people are finding out, hey, this is the mm-hmm. best, the best Guardians movie in five years. <laughs> but, but do you know, well, it's like one of the best MCU. MCU in movies, yeah. Almost five years. You know, they are, those, any success Guardians has is bittersweet because they are <laughs> they losing lost James Gunn. James Gunn. <laughs> And so any dollar they make, they know they're losing five future dollars. <laughs> right? How sad is that? It's got to be so sad for them. To, to lose it to a direct competitor. Not like, hey, I'm going in a right. new direction, but literally I'm going the other the superheroes down the street, which you've granted, they've been the big brother in this entire thing. And for them to make that big of a change, it's like the Clippers overtaking the Lakers. <laughs> it's probably never going to happen. But at the same time, yeah, you're right. It it kind of sucks a little bit. Yeah. Speaking of MCU, we got some updates to their release schedule um, and a few kind of interesting things in there. Um, yeah. uh, the jam-packed month of June will continue. Yeah. So I, like we said before, and they've kind of come out and said, hey, we're going to slow down the MCU releases. <laughs> And so we've kind of been like, I've been waiting for an updated, like, hey, tell me when are things going to actually, because every time we come out and say, hey, this is when the release schedule is going to be, we're going to see this, this, and this, and it keeps changing. So this could be all wrong after tomorrow, well, mostly wrong after tomorrow, after you listen, after listen, maybe even between when we've recorded this and when it comes out live. So bear with us, but just wanted to give you an update of what the MCU schedule is looking like. Uh, so first off for the rest of this year, we've got four big properties coming. If you haven't, if you've already seen guardians, anything new after that. So we've got secret invasion, uh, on Disney plus that comes out June 21st. So in the midst of all the other movies that you got coming, which looks good, looks, it looks great. Looks, looks fun. It's been, had good trailers so far. A little, a lot of Samuel L. Jackson. We'll see if he can carry this. 
Uh, we get Loki season two in October. So it's going to be a big fall. Loki season two in October. Yeah, um, slowing the pace down, re- you know, releasing everything back to back to back. So nothing else, nothing else this summer or even early, early fall. It's like this is deep into the fall. We're getting Loki season two. We'll see if Loki finally gets gets back reunited with himself, his true love. Um, we got the Marvels in November 10th. So that had been pushed out of the the another end of summer release so that got pushed down to november 10th uh echo that's coming out november 29th so holiday time and all of it they are dropping all episodes simultaneously does that make you scared to to watch it if they're like let's just get all of it out there as soon as possible i i have no idea there's uh disney's spinning it as like hey, you know, the binge model has worked really well for Netflix. Like, we're going to give it a try. Da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah, if you're going to give it a try, I feel like you're not going to do it on Echo. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I more and more would prefer the binge model, honestly. I think some of the other ones, I, I, I've just kind of lost a little interest as it's trickled out. And these latest Netflix shows that they've dropped all at once, like, it's been great. Like, Stranger I things. just... Watch it over like, uh, you know, four or five days, like, boom, knock it out. Like the diplomat, like what you had uh, sent me. I still need to finish that, by the way. Thank you for reminding me. Maybe I'll do that sometime. You never tonight. finished it? I just, I had to make the choice between as I'm sure. sitting there holding what else my do newborn you have daughter. to do? What else? Oh, that's right. Yeah, keep, a, like that. keep a newborn alive. I had to make this choice between is what I'm watching, if I do, I want to watch this thing. Or and like, do I have the brain capacity to watch it, or do I need something on just in the background while my daughter's crying? So when I need something on that I want to watch, it's The Diplomat. But I've had a lot more time to need to just throw something on. So that's where I go: Arrested Development or all all the great all the great things of Transformers. Transformers is the perfect your daughter's yes. crying movie to have on, distracting whatever, etc. Uh, so yeah, so that ends up 2024, and if you. Th- now, 2023. before 2023, which notably a couple of them that got pushed out of the year was Ironheart. That was supposed to be this year. And Agatha, Coven of Chaos, that was supposed to be end of the year. Those both have do not have timeframes yet. It just says 2024. That's just kind of like the last thing we've been told. Um, so we're still waiting on, the, on those uh, dates to come around. But the ones that we do have that we know about... Um, uh, and have dates for we actually don't have anything for this for the winter time and for the um, like normally there's like a February or March release we don't have anything currently right now uh, next summer we're getting Captain America New World Order so we'll see how um, the new Captain America comes around after seeing him in Falcon and the Winter Soldier now he's Captain America how's that all gonna work out hopefully I, I like his suit at the end of it we'll see if he carries that on but we'll see if uh, the whole world goes, what? Who? This is Captain America? What? What happened? What happened? How did he become have, Captain America? I don't, I I don't watch- have Disney Plus. <laughs> how, how did Grogu get back, get back with Mando? I'm so confused. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so then we have, uh, so following that, later that summer, we have Thunderbolts, which is like their version of Suicide Squad, where it's like the alternate kind of bad guys kind of like the uh, the misplaced but like turning a new leaf kind of bad guys like um fake cap the leader of leader of this thing <laughs> uh cap. so we get that end of the summer in that july 
than Blade. That's supposed to come out September 6th. I'm wondering if that's still going to happen because they are on hiatus due to the writer's strike right now. So we mm-hmm. don't know if that's actually going to follow through all the way happening. Um, who knows about that one? But then also we've got Deadpool 3. Now that now that because of the merger now, we can f- we're starting to get the other um, Marvel characters inside of the MCU. Um, we'll be getting Daredevil later that year as well. It's still kind of just 2024. We'll see if it actually happens or not. Um, but Deadpool is one of the first ones to now that it's in the fold, getting its own sequel. It's a lot. It's a, it's a, it's still a lot. Um, that's why I'm, I'm shocked with the whole like, oh yeah, we're going to pace things out. We're going to slow they down did a, little a little bit. We had two Ironheart and Agatha. Those were going to come out this year and they didn't and they're not. Yeah. But there's still a still, lot to remaining. It's still a lot. It's, it, it'll, it'll be interesting just to kind of see where everybody is and what shakes out. Um, yeah, uh, there's a lot to be said, but that is all that needs to be said because it's time for what you guys all came here for, which was for the next review in our series of all the Disney movies from 1988 to 2005, AKA known as our childhood. So today we are covering, uh, is this the last one? I keep on saying it's the last one. It's not. I have no is, idea. It, is it not? I believe this might be one of our final films of 2004 before we get into the final one. Uh, and that is a masterpiece in National Treasure. Cue the Disney sound effect. Okay. Let's do the IMDb description. But before we do that, Eddie, congratulations to everybody because this is perfectly timed episode because a horse named national treasure won the preakness stakes this weekend this is perfect (laughs) we had to push it off because we did guardians of the galaxy who knew that that was going to win win it the 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 preakness it's amazing you you sent me that article and no lie i stared at it for (laughs) 60 90 (laughs) seconds going I have no idea what he's talking about. Because the horses have the weirdest no names. Ideas. They always I'm have going, the weirdest names. And let's be honest, I know nothing of horse racing. Neither do like, I. <laughs> pre, pre, whatever you said, it's they won. It's just one of the races. It's I've, like, never, I've never heard of this. Eddie, it's like Bristol and Daytona. I'm like, I know there's <laughs> something big in Kentucky once a year. That I just wanted to say that that was that it it literally floored me. I was like, "This is amazing." We're just about to go re- record this, and I it won how, the Preakness. This is amazing. I I and I I um I think it's hilarious how amazing you think it is. I think it's a sign of how sleep deprived you really are. What are the odds? <laughs> One, there is a horse named National Treasure. Let alone that they, it wins a you know race. How many crazy names you've got, like American Pharaoh. I've heard as like a horse's name. Like, but that makes it even crazier. They could have done anything. This isn't like John Smith won the. It's and the odds are if you choose a human. No, the movie name National Treasure, the one we are going to review, please and we tell we me. should have done it last week. Please and we pushed tell me. it. You did not go by scratch off tickets. No, I didn't. I okay, okay. Thought about it's, you know a little Fanduel. Had the, had the bet ready, ready to go. Just just waited too long. I, then I ran out of time. You've got a third college account to start funding, so I understand. This is how I'm going to do it next time, if, it, if it's I, in any other races. That was that was the thing. I stood and looked at this 
link for a good minute and a half going, I have no <laughs> idea what he's referencing. And then I'm like, oh, it's a horse's uh, name. OK, like, I don't think it's that big of a coincidence, but oh, gosh. I'm like, poor JB. He's he's not sleeping. Let's just let's just give this one to him. Just yeah. And speaking of give this to a, let's just let let's give this back to IMDb. We we we've almost gone without doing this. So the IMDb description, like we do with every one of these, we rate how good this is. Uh so IMDb, what is the IMDb description for this film for national treasure? A historian races to find the legendary Templar treasure before a team of mercenaries. You needed something at the end, like before the mercenaries get there first or something like, you, yeah, you kind of just left it. So I'm a little upset about that. But Eddie, I could talk all day about National Treasure. I want to give the floor to you for a little bit to talk about this film. To me. How, how, what do you, what did you think? What, what where do you want to go with this? This, you can go any direction you want. You're doing a lot of things with my hands right now. Um, I remember going and seeing this movie in theaters. And I mean, we would have been seniors yep. in high school. Um, and I left that theater thinking they made a movie just for me. <laughs> this, this is hit all the boxes. They thought, you know what? Eddie is about to graduate high school. Let's. Disney wanted to give me a graduation gift and they gave it to me <laughs> in a national treasure. And, and you can tell, I mean, you can tell our listeners, like I love history. I spend way too much time reading, watching, going to museums. Like I love this stuff. And so to turn it into like a scavenger hunt, like treasure mm. hunt, you love games and too. like, and it's like the person, here's the other thing. Um, <laughs> I am not an athletic person. God never gifted me with an hey, ounce hey, of Eddie, athleticism. Don't show or change yourself. Your Frisbee game is I will give you that. top five in our class. I do have a really good Frisbee Great game. Frisbee. I, I was super jealous of your Frisbee game. I've got some good Frisbee game. Um, and that translated decently also over to disc golf, believe it or not. Um, I it. one time I, I went out with somebody to, to play disc golf and I hadn't really played and they're like, Oh, give it a shot. And I like, I, I shot like a good, like six under par or something. And they're like, what? I thought you said you were going to be horrible at this. I'm like, yeah. Um, so besides Frisbee, I'm not an athletic person whatsoever. And most movies you, the hero, it arrives to, you know, his, uh, heroicism. Uh, based off of some level of athleticism. Yeah. Well, brute force, brute force here. One it's Nicholas cage. No one ever um, accused Nicholas cage of athleticism. Um, but the main character, he, he wins, he navigates it all based off of his mind, like his wit and knowledge and, and passion and love of subject. Puzzling skills. Um, Puzzling skills, yes. Um, Real thing. It, it it spoke to me at like a deep level of like <laughs> this is for me. Disney gave me a graduation gift. How did you feel when you watched this? So I <laughs> never got to see it in theaters. Unfortunately, I would love if this thing came. They're bringing everything back to theaters right now. If they brought this thing back, I would be first in line. 
Yeah. So where I think this blossom from just, hey, I really enjoyed that to this is a staple in our home now was 2000, let's say 2014, went up to Big Bear with some friends on a 4th of July extended weekend. It was like three days we were up there. We all took extra time off and we were just like, had nothing to do for an afternoon. We didn't really want to do any more hiking. And we we're like, let's, let's watch something patriotic. We need to watch something patriotic because it's over 4th of July weekend. And I think we'd already watched Independence Day or couldn't find it. I don't know. And someone was like, what, what, about, what about National Treasure? We're all like, none of us have seen it in forever. Yeah, let's, that sounds about right. And I just became hooked. And I've watched it every 4th of July for Wait, almost so for nine me, years straight. You didn't see it for the first 10 years of its existence? No, I did. I had seen it and enjoyed okay. it. But it wasn't. It didn't hook you. Yeah, so this is less a story about the inception as it is how has it grown into a family friend. Yeah. And this is how it did. It that that 4th of July in 2014 that extended weekend sealed the deal for me. I said this is my family. We don't have a lot of family tra- traditions, but this is one. I watch it every 4th of July time. And in fact, Eddie, I was so stringent on and it kind of made my wife mad. Because I did not watch it before this review because, well, one, I know most of the movie now, yeah. mostly by heart. And I just had to watch a trailer to just be reminded of a few things. But she was kind of mad. She's like, you didn't to get the just, essence. Yeah. But I wanted to wait because I, I still want to watch it on 4th of July. And I don't want to pre like we're too close. It's not like if we were doing a Christmas movie right now. Yeah, I would go. I would do that. I would sure, watch that. Sure. But I wanted to wait. Because this, you're right. When you said this movie was made for me, me too. It mm-hmm. was made for me too because I am a sucker for any investigative, yes, like journalist, uh, like like looking into secret. It, and and then this was at that time. Do you remember that time in the early two thousand, in the mid two thousands, with the secret societies? Like this is oh, yeah. the same time as the Da Vinci Code with the Illuminati. So this is heavy on the Freemasons. It's but but it still has like all the history stuff, and you're like, oh, maybe that is true. Maybe I should go investigate the back of the Declaration of Independence. It's like it plays with your mind a little bit in a fun way. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's not. It's 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 kind of campy, but not being like overtly campy. It's uh, Nick Cage campy. It's Nick. Yeah, it's you're right. We're but, like, this shouldn't work, but because it's him, it's working somehow. Like The right. Rock, it, like the movie The Rock, right? Yeah. Where it's like, this movie is so over the top and crazy, but it works. It works. And I think uh, I could go into all the different scenarios of it, but like, I just, it warms my heart watching this. Yeah. And it also infuriates me when they try to remake it as a television show. And Didn't it was even watch so it. Didn't bad. even touch it. Didn't even touch it. Whatever was like, no. Whatever was great about this movie, they yeah. did a 180 and did the opposite of trying to be self-referential, trying to be current and modern, and it, none of it worked. So that's why I, I just think, lo- that's that's why I loved this. I think that's on the chopping block as well to leave oh, Disney should be. Plus, if memory serves me correct. Hopefully, it uh, is. I didn't even include it because I'm like, eh, it's not worth it. Um, yeah, I like your idea. I think we're going to steal, we're going to adopt 
your tradition um, of watching it on 4th of July. I like that. Uh, I watched it with our kids and our kids were riveted. Mm. And Sarah and I were like, (laughs) I'm, you know, you know, it's a lot of dialogue heavy here or there, but our kids loved it. Eileen and Lewis just watched it. For Lewis, it's an easy bad guy. You know, you know pretty quickly. Yes. Sean Bain. This is in the heyday of the Lord of the Rings craze. Right at his peak, uh, Sean Bean. And he, this has a great cast in it. Nicolas Cage, Dan Kruger, Sean Bean, John Voight. Uh, we even get Harvey Christopher Ke- Plummer Har- for a Christopher little bit. Plummer. Yep. In the opening, that opening scene just sets the tone. So the, good. The mythology and he's going up in the attic and his dad doesn't and really care about it, but it's the aunt, grandfather. He's carrying on a grandfather's legacy and it's his ancestors. <sighs> so good. Well, just sets and, it right and, up. And I got to say, I think like the, the secret sauce in that opening is like Christopher Plummer's voice. Mm-hmm. Just like, the way he it. does that, you just like, you are sucked in, like, boom, I am there right away. And you got to, when they go to, and then they go directly to Antarctica. And I believe mm-hmm. that's right. Is it the South, or the South Pole or something like, right? Anyway, something, someplace, something tundra. Someplace, it doesn't matter. You're in the tundra. You, you're directly with Nicolas Cage now. They're in the, the Land Rover, like the, the, the giant bulldozer things whatever it is and then you're directly into a keep ship describing yeah keep describing these machines it's it's brilliant <laughs> it's, it's industry specific uh, <laughs> and then you're like there's a ship out here and then they're digging up the ship and then there's a 2000 year old pipe that, that's got a secret coat and i'm just like yes you gotta yeah, use blood to get to see the message of it it's everything yes. He the second he uses blood, his own blood for the ink, you're just like, yes, I'm bought in like he is there. He is there, though. I do have to say we spent the next five minutes trying to explain to Lewis he's OK. But he cut himself, but he's bleeding. And we were like, no, it's OK. You know, it's just a little bit. You know, that was really a, a big moment. But yeah, it, it, it captured. Well, and, and that's what it was. You, you have this amazing, uh, shall we call it like prologue, right? That just, boom, has you. And they, and they use that energy and just catapult you into that scene and establish the stakes immediately. Okay, now he has to race against this bad guy. Uh, and you kind of see uh, what he is capable of immediately, you know, from blowing it all up. And also within those in, in that first scene uh, after the prologue, you get the, oh, they're going after the Declaration of Independence. So Which, that scene in of itself, when he's staring at it and he's doing his monologue, talking about the founding fathers, and then he just stops and he goes, I'm going to steal, steal the Declaration of Independence. I'm just like, yes, you are. Yeah. Yes, you are. This is so this is so bad, but so good at the same time. I'm in. How are we going to do this? Ah, I I know the other film of the era that it kind of helps with this is in that moment and in the whole scene of stealing, you've got a lot of Ocean's Eleven coming out, right? Uh, And I think that's another reason why this just kind of works. You've got a similar energy and all of that. Um, One of my my favorite random scenes, it's not like a high stakes scene or anything like that, but when they're in Abigail Chase's office, uh, Diane Kruger's office, and they're describing without using the actual word. They're trying to use like like fluffy words 
to describe what they're doing. And she's like, so you mean there's a treasure map on the back? Like, but and he's like, it's like, well, why, why do you need it? He's like, it's invisible. And it's like, that's where we lost the FBI. <laughs> I just love. And then she's like, did Bigfoot take it? Like, I just love, <laughs> I love that scene just because they're, he's dancing around it so eloquently in the best way, in the most Nicolas Cage way. And then he's like, he's like, you mean there's a map, a treasure map on the back of the, and it's invisible. What is going on? I, <coughs> I, 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 I lose it every time. It's, it's so good. And it, it, I think what is helpful is it keeps changing. Like it's a good treasure hunt, yeah. good clues, um, and keeps the pace um, for the most part going. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, um, you know, drop off and kind of meander and all No, it knows that it is a treasure hunt and that you, it keeps the hunt going all the way through. Um, so, you, you know, you're immediately going to his dad's house, you're examining it. Um, well, I mean, we're skipping over the whole heist of the Declaration of Independence. That That is fantastic. That is just great action. Fun action through and through. Which is well hanging paced. out the van, hanging out the van yes. door, like life's on, life's on it on a razor's edge. Love that stuff. And oh, he bought he he bought a, a a replica. Oh my goodness! And he swapped it out. You know, it's like, uh, and and that works especially because about every uh, history classroom in America had some type of like replica of the Declaration yeah. of Independence Mounted hanging up on the teacher's bulletin board. A couple pins barely holding it. In place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so like, yeah, just so many different moments and all that works. But then you go over to the dad's house and you get that family dynamic added into the to the plot of the tension there. Give up, son. Um, yeah. And then, oh, oh, my goodness, there really is the map. Uh, and they, you know, they're n- writing it all down. Uh, then you go to the then you go to, to Philadelphia and, and you're going through all the, those different letters. And then you go to Independence Hall and then you're in New York City, like boom, but boom, but boom, you know, like that just that pace and the pushing forward of it all. Um, I, I, I think is part of the reason why this movie is just a fun ride from start to end. And one of the big reasons for that is the score that sounds like the quintessential Jerry Bruckheimer score. Eddie, do you want to, you want to talk about that? Um, I, I honestly didn't look it up. Who, who wrote the score? I didn't, I didn't do. I don't any remember. Score All I know is when you time. hear it, you're just like, this is exactly what I would expect. Like you could just turn that on and go, I'm probably watching a Jerry Bruckheimer film right now, whatever that sound is, whatever his larger than life, whether it's transformers, yeah. et cetera, like this is uh, pirates. I believe that was Jagger, Jerry Bruckheimer too. Yep. Right. Yep. Like this yep. is, this fits in right alongside those. I think some of those other ones, especially pirates is a lot more, um, recognizable, but this, the score drives this thing and j- carries you all the way through it. Um, as I delay so that Eddie can continue. Trevor, to there we go. Trevor Rabin. I don't know him. Okay. Well, yeah. I just talked to him He's, up a big but game, but he frequently collaborates with Jerry Bruckheimer. Like that's his main thing is he does Jerry Bruckheimer films. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, yes, I agree with you. I think it's a, it's a classic Bruckheimer score for me. It's not anything that I would write home about. Um, it's not like 
it's not it's necessarily not unique scores in my repertoire. but it's exactly right, what i want right. it's not the sco- right. it's not it's the score down, we want but it's the score we deserve eddie <laughs> oh goodness gracious um i think uh something i do want to point out in this that i think that also makes this such a fun movie is more or less the dueling antagonist of both Sean Bean's character and the FBI. Um, I I love that back and forth through it all of just like um, clearly defined antagonism happening, but also that it is uh, applying this constant pressure and sometimes they swap against each other. And they tried to bring him back, Harvey Keitel, for... Mm-hmm. The 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 series National Treasure. He's in the opening, like oh, is he? Pi- I didn't know that the pilot episode. If he <laughs> called, can you call it a pilot? If you just made all, all of it once, uh, but yeah, he's he's great. He's traditional FBI guy, uh, and then he, getting in the way, getting getting in the way. That's a great way to put it. I was also going to say the enemy of my of my enemy is my friend. I don't know what what way to go with that, but. I also love, we can't, we can't leave this without talking about the spectacles, the little spectacles with the colors and the reveal, like, oh, you have to, they actually move and they change based on what you're, that was just a fun, those are just fun things that is completely ridiculous, never possible, but at the same time, super fun. And that's what I want in a heist treasure movie starring Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And I, uh, I think the moment of that reveal uh, of the of the spectacles, I also love just that l- nice little moment beforehand where he kind of like shivers because mm. it's the first time the Declaration of Independence has been in Independence Hall since its signing, you know, and they just kind of have a moment. It's like, oh yeah, um, even though we know that that's a set, that's a fake piece of paper. No, it wasn't. It was real. We all kind of we all, all kind of ooh ooh. Um, feelings on Riley. Does Riley make or break this movie? Is, is, is he an essential character or is he a tag on character? He is essential to what these stories always need. They always need the sidekick who also has some one liners. Uh, I would agree. I think he's essential. I don't think you have, um, the, the, the wit and the pacing of this without, uh, I mean, he definitely can't stand on his own. And I think they tried to bring him into the new series and I never saw him. So I don't know if he did well or not. Uh, He definitely isn't a character that needs his own, his own time to shine. But I do love even in the moments where he finally knows one thing that nobody else knows. And he's just like, let me just sit in this for a moment and just like gaze upon what's happening right now. Uh, I, so I, I think I think he's great in the role that he has to play in what he's expected to, to be asked for um, as the sidekick, who is kind of somewhat of the comic, kind of the relief and kind of the everyman that's kind of like us being there in the moment with him, with all these super smart historian people. Uh, so I love him. I think he's a he's a l- lovable, lovable sidekick. Um, I have to ask, since we are not going to get to it, um, or at least depending upon what we do next in our podcast we series, the, the sequel, did we like it? Did we not? With no ratings, just did we like it or did we not? I think I watched it last year around the same time because I was like, I hadn't seen it in a really long time. And it does go in a different direction. We get Helen Mirren in it. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. <laughs> as as his as his mom. So that's a mom. Fu- uh, her and John Voight together kind of works. Um, it's it's similar. He kidnaps the president. That is, it does go an extra level with kidnapping the president. Just a little, little maybe a little bit too far. Um, but it's good. I don't. I, I. I. This one just has such a place in my heart that the yeah. other one's kind of like, hey, that's kind of no. nice to have. But no, I, I bring it up because I did like it. I. I don't think it is on the exact same level of this one, but it's pretty darn close. Um, and I also bring it up to say, like, I'm shocked there hasn't been a third national treasure. Just dumbfounded. Why has Disney not actually done a national treasure? a third national treasure movie and that they went and did some stupid series instead. Like you're looking for tried and true franchises to cash in and make some money. Like to me, this just seems like such a no brainer and they haven't touched it yet. I'm pretty sure that there's been some rumblings recently about it, that they're actually in talks with Nicholas cage about coming back for a third one. There is an IMDb for the third one that just says 2024, so I don't know if it's true, okay. if it's really happening or not. Um, you'd think there'd be a little bit more smoke if it's going to be coming out next year. Uh, but so far, I think it's kind of on the horizon. It, it's a very high. Po- it's a, it's a little bit of a possibility. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, it it just seems odd because um, we're only uh, this came out a year removed from uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, also Jerry Bruckheimer, um, and that obviously turned into this huge, massive franchise money-making machine for disney you would have thought that they would have looked at this and said oh here's another one like here's another opportunity um and and started milking the cow for that also i'm surprised national treasure never had any type of park presence to me this just seems like it has some type of park experience written all over it um anything from you know like the bat one of those backlot um, ones with the ex- exploding like uh <laughs> people jumping from place to place like sure sure or or you know some type of a dark ride or even at minimum in disney world there's several series of like actual scavenger hunts like you've got uh the ducktales world showcase adventure all around epcot You've got, well, you used to have Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom at Magic Kingdom. Like, those were all fun. Like, those are things like Sarah and I love to do so much. But there was never, ever, like, a national treasure even version of that. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm just shocked that there hasn't been. Let's start the petition. I think, here's here's my pitch. If I can just play uh, armchair Imagineer for a second. Um, Armchair Iger I think, I think they ought to strip out the show building for hall of presidents at magic kingdom. I I like hall of presidents. I think it's, I think it's great, but it's becoming way too contentious, right? It's just way too political uh, for the climate and everything. I think you could accomplish the same thing with some type of national treasure. Animatronic Nicholas cage, Nick cage. Oh my gosh. That would be so cool. I would listen. Yes. Yes. It is a great place I, to just well, go and, I and don't sleep even, <laughs> for 20 It minutes. doesn't necessarily have to be, because it's a huge, huge um, theater and show building. And there at Disney World, it is in the Liberty Square. Like, it's a replica yeah. of colonial America. 
So it it should work on so many different levels. Um, but I, I would love some type of national treasure ride. Dar- I mean, something. I I mean, I, yeah, I'll settle for even like a, a show of some kind. But I think that there's something there that you could do. There's a great place for that. Reuse that show building. Uh, last time I was there, it wasn't even half full. Um, and that was like on a hot day when everybody wanted the AC. Um, I just don't think it's got the draw like it, it used to have. We, we still got, you know, great moments with Lincoln and Disneyland. Like it's represented. We've got that there. Um, but I think let's do some national treasure right there in the middle of Liberty Square. Love this idea, Eddie. It's great. Okay. Is it any wonder what my rating is going to be for this? I don't think there's going to be five guess. gummy worms, man, all the way. I'm right there with you. There's there's nothing to to nitpick here. It's great. Maybe it's not the it, highest of cinema artiste, but it's everything that I want in a movie. Everything yeah. that I want in something like this. Just to make uh, go back to the comparison I I just made, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I, I would I would say this is on par with that. We gave it five gummy worms. Um, if you were to ask me, like, hey, which one do you want to watch, Pirates of the Caribbean or National Treasure? Uh, like Ooh. I gotta, st- I gotta stop and think. Like yeah. that, that's a hard, that's a hard decision for me. And they probably um, spent way less money on this than they did, yeah, they did. On, on Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, I don't think it was as um, commercially uh, successful, as big as commercial success. Yeah, as probably the other. not. I don't know though. Um, its box office was three hundred and forty-eight million dollars. That's good. pretty darn good, um, especially off of a budget of over uh, of a hundred million. So. Um, hopefully we get that third one. That'd be really cool. But yeah, for me, it's a solid five gummy worms through and through. And with that, folks, your life has been forever changed by another episode of Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your other favorite podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a five-star review and share it with your best friend. You can also check us out at honeywemade.com where you can see our full movie list, um, which includes all the episodes that we've already covered uh, from 1988 to 2005. And next week, where we will review The Pacifier. Finally jumping into 2005, Eddie. The going, going for the home stretch. Thank you for listening. And remember, someone's got to go to prison, Ben. <laughs> <laughs>